Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. All right, good morning again. Good to see everyone. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Man, God is so good. Well, I'm excited uh, to share from the Word this morning. We're going to conclude our series called Centered. Before I get into that, I've got two things I need to tell you about. The first one is an adjustment to our medical debt relief plan. So I told you last week, and we're still doing it, but I told you last week we're going to partner with RIP Medical Debt uh, that collects, uh, buys medical debt from uh, other areas. We did this a couple years ago. Uh, $10,000 gift gave, uh, paid off like over a million dollars of medical debt. It was crazy. Well, there's good news and kind of bad news. The good news is someone already paid off all the medical debt in the area. So that's awesome. That just means that we don't get to do it, which I was looking forward to. So here's what we're going to do instead. We are uh, partnering with local doctor's offices. And we already have one who's committed to write off the majority of people's bills if we pay the other part. So we're just going to be doing what we would do through RIP medical debt ourselves locally. It won't have as much reach and, and it won't because, you know, it hasn't been negotiated down by professionals, but we're still going to pay off medical debt and we're super excited. If you have any questions about that, I'm going to say talk to Cynthia. So <laughs> the other thing is we're beginning a new series next week. Uh, it's going to be really cool uh, and we're going to have some fun. And some of you are going to immediately know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say it until we get next week. But I'm going to invite you to bring just a little bit of extra cash with you next Sunday. Just a little bit extra cash with you, okay? Maybe five bucks or something, right? Maybe ten bucks, because you're going to have an opportunity to do something really cool with it if you want to, and I'll explain it all uh, next Sunday, okay? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We are ending our Centered series where this is our strategy. You know, at the beginning of the year, I heard two things. One, personal revival, and Eric talked about that during ministry time. And the other thing, when I was kind of getting together my sermon series and stuff, I heard the Lord say, go back to the basics. And so one of the ways that we want to go back to the basics is talk about, you know, what he has for our spiritual growth. Like everyone wants to dig deep and, and, and understand the mysteries of the kingdom realm. Well, why don't you just love one another like the Bible says? Figure that out first then maybe God will give you some of the mysteries, right? So one of the things that we do here is we have a plan for your spiritual growth. We call it the centered plan. It's actually on the wall over there. It's growing deep, growing up, reaching out and reaching in. Let me explain. When I first became the pastor here, I was like, Lord, why do we exist? What's VFC here for? And I saw an image of a cross. And I realized there are four sections of a cross, and these four sections of a cross mirror four spiritual growth goals. And so at the bottom of the cross is growing deep, growing deep. This is growing in intimacy with God. Jesus' knees were on this part of the cross, and whenever you bow your knee to, you will have intimacy with And then I saw the top part of the cross, which is growing up, acting like Christ, maturing in your walk with God. 
Jesus' head was on this part of the cross, and it takes a mind change, repentance, to grow up and to act like Jesus acted and do what Jesus did. And then I saw uh, the left side of the cross was reaching out. This is reaching out to people, helping people in need, supernaturally and naturally, whatever they need. Maybe they need prayer. Maybe they need a coat. Maybe they need a meal, whatever it is. And the cool thing is, is that whenever we do it to someone else, especially the least of these, we do it to Jesus, which is awesome. And so that's reaching out. And then today we're talking about the final one, which is reaching in, reaching in. This is where we learn to develop close-knit relationships with church family. When we have all four of these sections working together, we reach the center of the cross, which is where Jesus' heart was. We reach the heart of Christ when we have all four sections of the cross in operation in our lives. So my question to you throughout this whole series has been, what about you? Maybe you're, maybe you're growing deep, but you're not growing up. Maybe you're reaching out, but you're not reaching in. Maybe you've got part of this going on, but not all of it. Well, I would like to challenge you to say, hey, look, I can, by God's grace... <laughs> By a little bit of determination, uh, we can do this. And this is how we measure spiritual growth. As a church, this is how we measure our spiritual growth. We don't do anything in this church we can't put underneath one of these four sections. We'll let someone else do that. So, So that's my goal for you. So today we're talking about reaching in, reaching in. I know that's not a phrase we use a lot, reaching out we're very used to. But reaching in is not, what what do I mean by that? Well, reaching in is making an effort to get to know and love your spiritual family better. Making an effort to get to know and love, those are two different things. Do you know some people you don't love? Yeah, (laughs) right? Do you love some people you don't know? Maybe. But those are two completely different things, right? And so I encourage you to see that catch. That was awesome. So I encourage you, this, this, this is one of the things we have to try to do. This will not come naturally to you. You have to try to do this. And when we look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we look at the early church. And, and we see what they were doing. It's, it's very simple. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, one, and to fellowship, two, to the breaking of bread, that's eating, three, and to prayer, four. That's what they did. Lord, I want to be like the early church. Well, do those four things and you are, right? Do those four things and you are. That's, that's, what, that's what we're doing. And so one of those, the second thing that was listed here was fellowship. Now, you may have heard before, the Greek word for fellowship is a word called koinonia. Koinonia, it means community or communion, common union, communion. It means joint participation. It means intimacy. It means getting to know, live life with, take the journey with other people. Guys, Christianity is a team effort, not a solo endeavor. It's something, it's, it's a team sport, not a solo sport. It's like football, not golf. It's like basketball, not bowling. Right? In bowling, your score is your score. But, but in these other team sports, everyone has to do something in order to work together as a unit. Christianity is a team sport. It's not a solo endeavor. Okay? And so the, here's the problem with that. What's the problem with that? People. 
People let you down. People hurt your feelings. People say dumb things. If you're not agreeing with me right now, you've not lived in this world long enough. Right? Here's the problem. Even though it's true and God wants to heal you from any church hurt you may have had, God sends people to VFC specifically to get healed from church hurt. It's been going on for years. Makes me a little nervous. Because wounded people try to wound people sometimes. But God's given us a grace for that. And, and, and we, but I, I just I have to challenge you and say, look, it's important that we reach in. Here's the, here's the thing. You cannot love God and not love his kids. It just doesn't make sense. You can't love me and say, Jamie, oh, man, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, I go to the church where you pastor. And, and it's awesome. But your kids, woo! I talk about them on Facebook. I make fun of them, share memes about them. Like, I, like we're going to have an issue, right? You can't, you can't love me fully and not love my kids. In the same way, you can't love God fully and not love his kids. Christians are called to interdependence on one another. Dependence on God, interdependence on one another. Well, we rely on one another. We need one another. Let me, just, let me just tell you, and some of you, you've got this, you're pretty easy with this one. Some of you, this is, I'm going to be like, like, like poking some sore spots, and I get that. So just go ahead and get ready, because as your pastor, I love you enough to tell you the truth. This is a very difficult spiritual discipline that we all have to engage in. So why should we reach in? Let me give you some reasons. First of all, it makes Jesus happy. Like, it's something he wants you to do. Ephesians 4.32 is a verse my parents made me sing. Think salty. Anyone remember salty in the 80s? My parents made me sing this song whenever my brother and I would get into a fight. And I sang it way better than him. So it says this, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The New King James Version says, just as God for Christ's sake. For whose sake? Jesus's. For whose sake should we be kind to one another, tenderhearted towards one another? For Jesus' sake. Why? Because he doesn't like seeing his kids beat each other up. So for his sake, he's like, look, be nice, be kind. He says, be kind, be tenderhearted. Interestingly, in the Greek, tenderhearted literally means, you can look this up in a concordance, it literally means having strong bowels. Amen. What a compliment. Tell you about that, Jamie. He's got strong bowels. Thank you. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it, 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 it doesn't mean your digestive system. It means the hidden part of you. And it means when something happens to someone else, you feel it. It's empathy, right? Have you ever, have you ever seen something bad happen or, or, or heard about something bad happening and you go, oh, that hurts my heart? That's being tenderhearted, right? That's having that empathy, having that sympathy, feeling like you would if you were in the same position as that person. Look, this, God wants you to be like that. It's, it's all throughout Scripture. It makes him happy, so that means we should do it, right? Here's another reason that we should reach in, is, is that it helps you. I'm not asking you to do something that hurts you. I'm asking you to do something that helps you because you need help. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, you need help. That felt good, didn't it? You've been trying to find a way to say that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, So encourage one another and build one another up, just as you're already doing. Look, you need, you need building up. You need help. See, everyone longs to belong, even the introverts. Where are my introverts at? Where are you guys at? They're like, I don't want to raise my hand. Where are my extroverts at? They're like, over here! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even the introverts, this isn't about your personality. This is about the fact that you long to belong. You need a tribe. You need a group. You need a squad. You need people to belong to. God made you that way. You need people to walk with, work with, and witness with when it comes to your walk with Jesus. We're walking with Christ, but who wants to walk alone? You need someone to work with. I, I, my, I helped my parents yesterday move some furniture around in their house. I, I couldn't do it by myself. I, I simply couldn't. So I got my, my son to go with me and we knocked it out. I literally could not have done what they needed me to do without his help. And it's the same with your spiritual assignment. You cannot do what God's called you to do by yourself. You can't do it. You need someone to walk with. You need someone to work with. You need someone to witness with. Have you, ever, have you ever shared your faith alone? It's like, okay, I can do this. Have you ever shared your faith with a few people? It's like, all right, this is a lot more comfortable. We can do this. It's easier. It's easier. We need people to watch out for us. We need people to warn us. You know, you often can't see what needs to be adjusted in your life. You often need someone objective to say, hey, look, this is an area that, I see, Ken, you're, you're messing this up a little bit. And we know this, right? I mean, we know this in the natural. I mean, when you got something in your teeth, you can't see it. Unless you open up your selfie camera on your phone, you're like, oh, wow. Have you ever been like at lunch with someone, you have like spinach hanging out of your teeth and they didn't tell you? It's like, I, I thought you were a friend. <laughs> right? I mean, you, hey, you need to zip up your zipper. Right? You can't see that, but a good friend is going to overcome their embarrassment in order to help you. And, and so we reach in to help one another because we don't often see what needs help. Reaching in makes Jesus happy. It helps you and it helps others. Hey, it helps others. It's not just about us, is it? Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. See, sometimes you need motivation. I need motivation. Sometimes I don't feel like loving others or serving others. Can I get a witness? Right? Or are you all just perfect all the time? No. Right? So we need to motivate one another. We need one another. And so when you decide to reach in, it not only helps you, it helps others. Others can use your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience. You may not know everything, but you know something, and often it's what someone else doesn't know yet. Your wisdom, your experience, your life. That's why we do every summer, we do the This Is My Story series, man. It's awesome. Why? Because you get to hear the stories of people in your church family, and they get to help you with their experience. Guys, did you know your faith is not just about you? It's not. We just tend to think it's all about us. It's all about me, Jamie. No. 
It's, it's, it's obviously about the Lord, but one of the ways we make it about the Lord is to make it about others. And so look, I encourage you, we need to reach in, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others. Here's another reason that we reach in, is it matures you. It matures you. It grows you up. You know, strength comes from stretching. It doesn't matter what kind of strength you're looking for. It comes from stretching. If you don't work out and stretch those muscles, they will not grow stronger. You don't get better by being comfortable. (laughs) Right? You don't get better by being comfortable. You get better when you put yourself in situations where you have to grow. This reaching in, I know for some of you, the idea of going to one of our life groups, going to a home you've never been to, knocking on the door and saying, oh, hey, I'm here for the uh, thing. (laughs) Awkward, messy. They have spaghetti. You can't eat spaghetti. Like I I get it. it. It can be messy, but it's necessary because you'll never grow doing the same thing you've always done. Y'all, this is a harsh passage of scripture I'm about to read to you. Go ahead and get ready. You're in the splash zone. You're about to get hit. 1 John chapter 4, 19 through 21. John says this. We love each other because he loved us first. We like that part. If someone says I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Well, good Lord. That's intense. If he hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he's given us this command. Command, not suggestion. Command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. If you don't love other Christians, you don't know God. Ouch. Learning to love people teaches you about God because that's what he does. How can you be like your father if you're unwilling to do what your father does? Mm. See, reaching in is a spiritual discipline. It's something that we have to learn to do and do intentionally and deliberately for the sake of our own spiritual growth. It's something that doesn't come naturally often. It's something that we have to learn to do. See, even the extroverts, they, I want to go be around everyone, everyone. Well, you need to be quiet when it's time to talk because other people need to talk. Right? Introverts, I'll just sit here and observe. Well, you're not helping anyone, yourself or anyone else. Right? I mean, right? You have to try, you have to allow the Lord to adjust your natural design. Do you know that Jesus saves individuals, but he disciples groups? Think about that. You had to come to the Lord yourself for salvation, but then once you're saved, he doesn't disciple individuals, he disciples groups. He disciples you in groups. I mean, think about his, his, his disciples. It wasn't the one disciples. <laughs> it's the 12, right? So look, this is part of your maturity process is learning to reach in. And here's, here's the last reason that you should reach in is that it heals you. It brings healing to your life. We, we've looked at this verse a lot. I, I feel like I bring this up about once a quarter at this church. So I want to read it to you in a new translation. It's James 5.16. But it's in the Amplified. The Amplified takes, uh, in the New Testament, some of the Greek definitions and just throws them in there. And it makes for a very long verse. If you want to read through the Bible in a year, don't do the Amplified, okay? It'll take you forever. 
But it says this, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, and your sins, and pray also for one another. Notice, it's not just your sins, well, I struggle with this sin. It's also like, man, I wanted to do this today. Man, I did that in the past, or sometimes I think about this, and I know, it, it, it's not just sin, right? It's, it's your faults. Yeah, man, I struggle with that, right? It's confess to one another. See, we confess to God for, for, for forgiveness, but we confess to others for healing. It says, pray for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. See, some of y'all are forgiven of certain sins, but you're not healed from them because you've never confessed them to someone else. You're forgiven because you confessed to God, but you're not healed because you didn't confess to someone else yet. And as soon as you do, find someone you trust. And as soon as you do, it's like a weight comes off. Because you're no longer carrying that burden again. Someone's come up and they're helping you carry that. And now the, the, the weight is more evenly distributed between two people instead of one. It heals you. Reaching in heals you. It's so weird to have to try to convince people to do what heals them. But we do, don't we? We just need reminding. So how do you reach in? Look, this is a great question. How, so how do we do this? I know, okay, you've convinced me. We've got to reach in. We've, we, we reach out, but we also reach in. How do you do this? What's some practical ways to do this? Well, here's the first way is hang out. <laughs> hang out. Reach in by hanging out. Makes perfect sense. What does that mean? Make time to be with other people. Make time to be with other Christians, especially you guys, especially in small groups. See, here's the deal. I love that you're here this morning. Thank you. Come back next week. But y'all are all directionally sitting in rows and looking in one direction. Hi. But you're not looking at each other. But on Wednesday nights, when we have small groups, you're looking at a smaller group of people. You can see each other. You don't just see me. You see each other, and you get to share. You get to talk. You get to be a part of, of something besides just one person speaking. The early church did this. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. It says, every day. How often? Every day. Wow. They went to church every day. Ooh. Every day in the temple and from house to house. Okay, so where did they, where did they meet with people? Two places, the temple, big church is what we right, or house to house, life group, home group. So I've heard people say, well, we're going to be like the early church and meet in homes. Okay, that's half of it. Because they met in the temple as well and in homes. You need to do both. If you're only meeting in the temple but not in homes, you're not doing it right. If you're only meeting in homes but not the temple... Staring at the people online. You're not doing it right. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. It's not enough. Do you know, I want to show you, this is so cool. Jesus had several different groups of friends. He had groups of 3, 12, 70, 120, and 500. The three were his closest disciples. That was his crew, right? his best friends, Peter, James, and John. But he also had 12, right? The 12 disciples that turned into the apostles, minus Judas plus Matthias, right? 
Then he had the 70. Those are the ones that he sent out on missionary journeys. He said, hey, I'm giving you the ability to, to heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel, right? That was to 70. Then there was 120 that were in the upper room when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And then after Jesus rose from the, the dead, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says he appeared to over 500 people. Do you know that this mirrors a similar pattern in your life when it comes to your faith? You should have your three. These are close friends. These are people you can be yourself around. These are people you can say anything to. You should have your three. Jesus did. You should too. And then you should have your 12. This is like your spiritual family. You have a natural family. This is your spiritual family. This is going to be like a home group. A group of people that you regularly get together with for spiritual discipline. Right? And then you should have your 70. Your 70 is like a ministry group. It's like all the prophetic people over here. Y'all go prophesy, right? All the people who love to help others. Y'all go help others. All the people who, right? It's the people organized in, in like ministry likeness. I like to do this. All the worship team. Let's do, okay, that's your 70. You don't have to have, I don't have 70. I've got 64. You're fine, okay? The point is, the point is you've got a group like that. Does that make sense? Then you've got 120. These are your acquaintances, you know, there's around probably 125 or so in the room right now, right? These are your acquaintances. You can't know everyone intimately, but you're gathered together for one purpose, right? And then 500. You know, there's, there's around 500 people who call, v, call VFC home. A lot of them will be in the second service. A lot of them won't be here today. So that's, that's, your, that's your big group. Some people only have 500. They don't have anything else. Some people only have three. They don't have anything else. You need all of these. Can you identify these people groups in your life? If you can't, you're out of balance. You're not where you need to be when it comes to reaching in. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. I love that. The writer of Hebrews is like he's kind of like anonymously, like, like Facebook style, passive aggressively calling some people, right? He's like, let us not... Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, right? Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Y'all, life is getting harder, maybe, you think? Has it been hard for you lately? That means even more do you need to make the effort to gather together. Let's just talk about church attendance for a second. I am not a church attendance Nazi. If if you miss a Sunday here, you will not get a call from an elder. (laughs) We noticed you weren't there Sunday. Did you? Did you forget to believe in Jesus? You know, like we're not gonna. That's not gonna happen here, right? Here's how I think about church attendance. I think about church attendance like I think about a gas station. You didn't buy a car so that you could hang out at the gas station. You bought a car so you'd have a car. But if I never see you at the gas station. I'm wondering if you have a car. In the same way, you didn't become a Christian so you could go to church, right? You became a Christian so you can know Jesus, love him, follow him, right? But if you're never gathered together with other believers, I'm wondering if there's a real relationship. Just being honest. You need, you need to be filled up, right? And, and, and so that's how I feel about church attendance. Guys, look. If you're gathering with believers less and less these days, you're going the wrong way. 
as you find yourself gathering less and less, you're going the wrong way. If you're going everywhere but church, <laughs> you've believed a lie. And there, there are people I, I see, they're going to Disney. They're going to Walmart. They're going everywhere. And I'm like, well, we're, I haven't seen you guys. Yeah, well, we're just, we're just being cautious. No, you're not. You're being lazy. Can I say that? Is that okay? I mean, I said it. It's been said. So, right? I mean, let's just be honest. I get it. Look, the last few years has gotten, knocked everyone off of their routine and habit. But if Jesus was just a habit and routine, I, look, I encourage you guys, you have to fight, you have to scrap to make sure that you stay in, in fellowship with people, with the body of Christ. I got to continue. We got to hang out. We also need to help out. Hang out and help out. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Guys, look, people are going through stuff. Every single person you know is going through a very difficult battle. Every single person. I, I, I can't be the person that talks to everyone when they're going through it. It's just impossible, right? You can do that. Help out. Get in someone's life. Ask them how they're doing. And if they say, well, it's not so good, don't go, okay, great, and walk away. I don't have time. Right? Right? Don't do that. Get in their life. Take a moment. Sit with them. Say, well, tell me about it. I don't, I don't have the solution, maybe, but, but I know who does, and I'll at least pray with you about it, right? You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to be available. Help out. Hang out and help out. Here's another one. Get honest. Reaching in requires authenticity. It requires being honest with one another. Y'all heard the verse before. It's Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It's true. I feel like this has been turned into like a little Christian soundbite, though. Well, you know, brother, iron sharpens iron. Have you seen iron sharpen iron before? It looks really painful. (laughs) You ever sharpened a knife? Uh, like a blade like that? Yeah, like it's literally tearing the edge apart. And sometimes there are sparks. And sometimes there's heat caused from the friction. And sometimes, right? So, you, so it, if you think, well, iron sharp, if you've got this iron sharpening iron thing down, you, if you think you do, you probably don't. Because it should be painful. It should be a struggle sometimes. If you're truly being vulnerable, truly being honest, it's not always fun. Welcome to growth. That's just how it is, okay? We have to allow ourselves to be subject to someone else. Without submitting yourself, your life, your decisions to a trusted friend, you're not as sharp as you could be spiritually. You're just not. You're dull. You're going to be more dull when you don't allow yourself to be sharpened by others. That's, so that's how you got to reach in. You got to be honest. Find not everyone in the world, and Lord God, don't put it all on Facebook, okay? Find a few people you trust and, and say, I'm, I'm thinking through this, I'm struggling with this, okay? And let their iron sharpen yours. Here's the last thing how do we reach in? We need to one another one another. What? What? We need to one another one another. See, all throughout the New Testament, there are all these, uh, these uh, challenges and commands to do something to one another, for one another, with one another. And, and it's called one anothering, 
We're, we're, we, it's fellowship, okay? So we need to want another one another. How do we do that? Well, I want to just, and, and these are in the notes on the app if you want to, because I know you can take a picture of the slide. You won't be able to write all these down. Look at all these. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another, live in harmony with one another, accept one another, serve one another, be kind to one another, admonish one another, encourage one another, motivate one another, and love one another. And this is just the beginning. There are around 50 one another commands in the New Testament. You cannot one another by yourself. We have to one another one another. We have to learn to one another, one another. You, you can't one another yourself, okay? You've you got to be in groups. Small groups, you don't have to be around everyone. You don't have to let someone, I'm not talking about someone running over you. I'm not talking about someone, you know, have healthy boundaries in your life. Come on, I'm not saying that. I'm saying make sure that you're one anothering and you're being one anothered. <laughs> that there are people in your life, right, who, who, who are taking this journey with you. Are you reaching in? Come on, be honest. Are you reaching in? Think about this. If you were to go on vacation, leave for a weekend, you probably have at some point asked someone to watch your stuff, right? Feed the cat, feed the dog, get my mail, right? Keep an eye out on the house. Hey, neighbor, keep an eye out on the house while I'm gone. You probably ask people to watch out for your stuff. Who have you asked to watch out for your soul? Because if you ask people to watch out for your stuff and you don't ask them to watch out for your soul, what do you care more about? Are you reaching in? We have around 11 or 12 life groups that meet every Wednesday night. If you've got kids, you drop them off here and then you go to these groups. There are about four of them that still have room. The other ones are pretty much full. There's about four of them that still have room. There's still sign-up sheets in the foyer. What, what are you doing? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like we've provided the opportunity for you. What are you doing? It's not, it's, not, it's not anyone's fault except your own if you're lonely in the kingdom of God. God has done everything for you to one another, each other, to reach in. It's up to you. We can't, I'm not going to come to your house and drag you by your feet into someone else's house here, right? I mean, I might want to, but I'm not going to do that. This is something you have to do. Our life groups are meeting for another three weeks. We have three more Wednesday nights. You could do that. And then we take a break for the holidays, and then we'll start again in January or February. You could do that. You could. You might not. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to be watching you. But you could do it. And you'd probably benefit from it. Because reaching in is a spiritual discipline that we all need to do. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. Close your eyes. Oh, hey, remember, before we, we do the ministry, the prayer stuff, remember, cash next week, just a little bit, just a little bit extra cash, okay? It's going to be fun, I promise. I promise. You're going to give it all to me. No, you're not. I'm just joking. I won't get any of it. I promise you, okay? Just a little bit of extra cash, okay? If you're on our text alerts or Facebook, we'll remind you, but a couple extra bucks, okay? Let's, let's close. Close your eyes. 
Let's begin to focus on Jesus. I want you to ask him the question I just asked you. See, Holy Spirit, am I reaching in? You may be the best reacher outer ever. Like you're serving everyone, every soup kitchen. You're like giving clothes to the homeless. You're buying everyone food. That's not the same thing. It's great, but it's not reaching in. Are you being vulnerable? Are you letting people in your life? I know it hurts. Hey, I know you've been hurt by others. I am so sorry, but I can't let you out of this one. I can't let you use it as an excuse. This is too important. Holy Spirit, am I reaching in? I'm going to lead you in a prayer where we allow the Lord to have this part of our lives, our fears, our worries, our insecurities, our concerns when it comes to this, other people. Let me lead you in this prayer. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you reached out to me and you're asking me to reach in to others. To the best of my ability, by your grace, I commit to reaching in. I recognize my faith is a team effort, not a solo endeavor. This will help me. This will help others. It will heal me. It will grow me up. So Holy Spirit, remind me to hang out with others. Remind me to help out with others. Help me get honest and help me one another, the people around me. I want to reach in like you're calling me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at bfcthomasville.org.